The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. I hope you're going to have a good time listening. And if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And uh, you can email me also. Just send an email to info at carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. Just put in there radio comment or radio question and uh, we'll get to them. We have uh, several radio questions. We got some hate mail. Yes, I love hate mail. And so hopefully we'll get to that. I do. I really just, I get a kick out of hate mail. I think it's wonderful. I don't know. What's something wrong with me? I know, but I like it. So uh, maybe we'll read some of that. And um, let's see. Today's date for the podcasters is uh, October 27th, 2023. And uh, if you remember, on November 1st, give me a call and say, what happened on November 1st? Anniversary of uh, me almost being killed by somebody or abducted. That's an interesting story. And uh, there you go. So it'll perk your interest. All right. Let's get to... uh, Oh, man, I keep hitting the wrong button. Close that out. There we go. Let's get to Alex from Orlando. Alex, welcome. You're on the show. Hey, is this Matt Slick the Pagan? <laughs> now, for those who don't know, you and I were talking today on the phone, and uh, this is what we call an inane, insufficient attempt at humor. But, you know, I'm helping you out by a couple chuckles. So there you go. You didn't get my 15-page letter I sent you? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got that letter. I still have that thing. I put it in the trash. Let's see. I got to get a copy of that if you still got it. Yeah, somebody sent me a 15-page letter telling me why how evil I am, and uh, then I'm not a Christian, things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's traumatizing know. for him and his wife, but I just bring it up, you know, because I'm a good yeah, friend. Truth, yeah, truth is like that. You know, it's a truth that it, it upsets people. All right, yeah, it does. It really upsets <laughs> people. All right, so what do you got, big man? Yeah, so I figured I'd call in and ask because I think it's helpful for the audience. So me and my wife were talking about the Trinity, and her question is, if all persons of the Trinity share all of the characteristics of God, then how come Jesus isn't omnipresent? And I'm asking that if someone were to ask her, and she was to counteract that question. All right. So there's a doctrine called inseparable operations, and what that is, is that all the members of the Godhead interact with each other because of their perichoritic relationship. And so if you go to John 5.19, for example, Jesus says the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. So he's claiming to have connection with God the Father and seeing what the Father does. There's this, this uh, it's inseparable because the Trinity is not separatable and they operate together. So that's just one of the doctrines that uh, people need to know about, inseparable operations. Okay, now, now let's move into the 
issue of Christology. So Jesus has two distinct natures, a divine nature and a human nature. We call that the hypostatic union. The two natures are in the one person of Christ. Now the attributes of both natures are ascribed to the single person. We call that the communication of the properties. So the properties of the divine and the properties of the human are ascribed to the single person. So Jesus said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the earth. Okay, Matthew 20, 20. And so he is claiming for himself, he's claiming the ability to be everywhere. And mm -hmm. he has in John fourteen twenty three. he says, uh, he says, for example, uh, the Father and I will come and make our abode with you. So he's claiming his ability to be everywhere among people uh, indwelling in them simultaneously all over the world and for long periods of time you know till the end of the age you know so we see in in that that the person of Christ is claiming the attributes of omnipresence okay. now you, this is a logical necessity because if Jesus is divine then we're going to have what we call necessary uh, properties and then there's accidental properties necessary properties are uh, for example a circle is always round you know the the central point is equidistant to the edge in all directions and that is uh, what a circle is so a necessary property of a circle is its radial uh, relationship and okay but a an accidental property would be the size of that circle the radius of a circle with the diameter can differ among circles so we would say that it is um, the diameter is not a necessary property but its circularity is you with me yeah yeah I'm following okay all right so when you have that kind of a thing we have to understand that the necessary properties of divinity are such that God is everywhere, all-knowing, all-powerful, can do whatever he wants, has a seity, things like this. So those are necessary properties to what God is, and since Jesus has two natures, those properties are, are in the person. They're communicated to the one person of Christ, the communicatio idiomatum. So, okay, so you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. There's a little bit more, but go ahead. Yo, um, so you could say the same thing. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now, and he's still omnipresent because he abides in us while he is at the right hand of the Father. Yes. Okay. Now, how's that possible? We can we know that the human nature of Christ cannot be omnipresent because that's just not what humanity is. So Jesus, interestingly enough, walking around on the sea of near the Sea of Galilee was localized yet the attributes of his divine nature are still part of his his uh, necessary properties okay okay so if that's the yeah. case i'm trying to find there, there's a make sure i'm using the terms right uh, because there's accidental and necessary properties out of the ontos no i think i think you are because i was reading burkhoff um mm -hmm. systematic theology last night and you're saying some of those things that okay. I was reading about. So. Good. Okay. So I found my notes. Essential property is a property that an object must have. An essential property is a characteristic that is necessary or fundamental to the nature or identity of something. So a circle has to have that 
uh, equidistant radial uh, measurement from the from the central point but accidental properties of an object could have but not but but it could also lack so a circle could have a diameter of one meter or not it could have a, a diameter of uh, of a half a meter so those are accidental properties so in um, my chair can be brown or green so the accidental property would be the brown or the green but not the central property okay there are essential properties that belong to the nature of God that cannot be divested of the ontos, of the nature. And so, therefore, Jesus has to have those in his divine nature. Now, the question then becomes, to what point did he access those? And okay. that I just can't answer because I don't know. You know, Peter said it before the resurrection. He said, you know, Lord, you know all things. Well, he said it after the resurrection, but they also said to Jesus, you know all things. And Jesus says, the Father will come and live in you. So he's claiming these attributes of divinity as well as humanity. And he's claiming them for himself. So what we have to do is just say, how does it work? And there, that's an easy answer. We just say, I don't know. And then there we well, go. Okay, so can we, can we argue from Scripture that he used omnipresence while he was alive? Or is that unclear? I would say yes. Uh, we could infer that for example he knew the hearts of people now how's that possible some people could say for example that the reason he knows the hearts of people is because the Holy Spirit God's active force heresy uh, was in these people and communicated it to the Son but if the Son is omnipresent and being divine in the divine aspect of divine nature then he would have the attribute to know the hearts of people Okay. Yeah, I follow you. Yeah. So these are these are biblical doctrines, and then there's uh, logical deductions out of those biblical doctrines as well. And so um, we put them together, and we don't want to exceed what's written, not like the Mormons and the Catholics do, but we want to be as faithful to the Scripture as possible. So when we see Jesus walking, talking, sleeping, eating, going to the bathroom we recognize his human attributes. When we see him walking on water, uh, knowing the hearts of people, saying he will indwell people uh, constantly in multiple places, then he's claiming the divine attributes. And those are both ascribed to the single person. And this is a critical doctrine. The Unitarians miss. The Unitarian heretics well, miss this. Yeah. It's called the doctrine of the communicatio yeah. idiomatum. Okay. Yeah, and Burkhoff was writing about that. I was reading that a little bit last night. Um, but so, hypothetically, well, maybe we can infer that while Jesus went to prayer, pray, then he goes to the disciples. He could have been omnipresent, being in them or around them, seeing their hearts. Is that that's what you're trying to say? What I'm saying is, I don't know if it was the case, but. We know that the attributes of both natures must be ascribed and were ascribed to the single person and still are, because Jesus is still a dual nature. So the question then becomes, to what extent were they accessed? And with okay. that, yeah. uh, I, I don't hope I'm not inter introducing something that brilliant theologians have already said, that's not a good thing to say. I haven't been exposed to any correction to that. but. 
the if there if it is wrong i don't know but the thing is uh he was localized and under the law and you had to have someone he would call god because he's under the law so we can see the humanity of christ but we can also see the divinity how that worked within his own person to the extent we cannot say we can't say okay okay Okay, so eventually, if you get someone with this question, you can explain everything you just did, and then be like, ultimately, we don't know how much it was accessed. We don't know, and I don't even know if that's a good question to say how much is accessed. It might be a bad question. Okay. Because maybe that infers, oh, you mean uh, that the personhood was uh, able to access omniscience and not access omniscience at different times? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Can you turn them off and on? And so you see, there's potential problems with what I'm saying. So I'm I'm trying to to just plead a, a, a smart level of ignorance, and say that there are discussions we could have, and try and work through them. That's I think that would be say. good for an article if you if you looked into that and maybe tried to find some clarification on that. That would be helpful. Well, please feel like I have clarification. Oh, let me try this again in English. If I were to clarify this, I would not do it on my own. I would talk to uh, people like James White. I would talk to um, uh, Wayne Grudem. I would call up some seminary okay. professors. I would talk to people who, like James White has written a book on the Trinity. And so I, I, he's a, a great apologist. I would talk to uh, others, you know, maybe if I could ever get access to William Lane Craig, uh, things like that, and say, here's a serious question, and we could do this. But, you know, maybe they say the same thing I do. I don't know. All right? All right, buddy. Okay, There's thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Down some vitamin C in the meantime. It's <laughs> well do, brother. All right, God bless. All right. Okay. okay. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Three open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Um, we're going to be doing a tour of uh, the Footsteps of Paul uh, next year in April. If you're interested in attending, we've got a few open spots. It is an expensive tour, but it's a 19-day tour in three different countries. And it's going to really be something. Uh, we're going to be going to Turkey and seeing the seven churches of Revelation. Also, the location of the F book of Ephesians, where Paul actually was. We'll go to the auditorium where he actually was there. I've been there before. It is awesome. It really is. It's one of my highlights of all the trips I've taken and done, uh, the, going to Ephesus. From there, we're going to go to Greece and uh, go to where Acts 17 was. And then we're going to go to Italy and uh, see where some of the stuff that Paul was. So we're going to be going to three different countries. You want to check it out. Um, it's called a Bridge Paul Tour. You know, just word bridge and then Paul and tour, all one word, dot com. Check it out. All right. Let's get to, there we go. Let's get to Jay from Memphis, Tennessee. Jay, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going, man. It's going. Good, what do you got, buddy? So uh, I just I got a question about um, the roles of prophets and apostles in the church, and I I see it in a lot of the black churches here in Memphis, and um, I just want to get your um, um, your thought on it. Um, okay, so I have a problem personally. I'll give you some opinion, and then we'll get into some more uh, more better stuff. 
All right. Uh, when people start saying, you know, apostle so-and-so, prophet so-and-so, and then they go up to a church and then they proclaim certain things, I, I have a problem with that. It seems to be, to me, that such people often, I'm not saying all, often are exalting themselves. Now, I'm not accusing them, and I don't know their hearts, but I get that impression, you know, and I've seen different rooms with different people. The apostle so-and-so is here for a word for you today. And I go and I listen to them, and they're not as knowledgeable as they need to be biblically, and yet they call themselves apostles. So you go to another room, and chat rooms I've been in, and you might have a prophet so-and-so. And I'll listen to them, and they, well, they, they need some instruction on biblical theology sometimes, uh, a lot of times. And so, okay, I'm not trying to judge them all and condemn them all, uh, but uh, it's, it's problematic. So let's look at it biblically. Are there, mm -hmm. oh, wow, that's interesting. Are there prophets and apostles today? I would say, let's look at the definitions first. There, uh, an apostle simply meant, means uh, to be sent from apostello. And there's at least seven different kinds of apostles. There's a false apostle. Jesus was called an apostle. Barnabas was an apostle who didn't perform any miracles or write any scripture. Paul was an apostle, but he wasn't one of the original apostles. And I've got some other listings, but uh, there's different kinds. So if someone's going to say they're an apostle, what are they de defining as an apostle? If you're defining it on the same level as Paul the apostle and, and John and Matthew, then there you've got some serious problems and they need to be... Uh, politely talked to and corrected. If they say they're an apostle because God has called them to uh, and sent them to speak to churches about stuff, then they need to be cross-examined by elders of multiple churches because they're trying to say they're an apostle of different churches. If they say they're an apostle mm -hmm. just to one church, well, how is that an apostle? Apostles in the New Testament spoke and were authoritative to multiple churches in different locations, went around and gave instruction. So an apostle today, someone says that, they're actually claiming that kind of title. Well, if I'm going to listen to an apostle, and I don't know everything, but I can certainly tell you that a lot of them don't know what they're doing. And you shouldn't be saying things like this. But it doesn't mean then that they can't be called of God to do various things. So this, what I'm saying is, it's a real problem. And personally, I don't believe in modern day apostles because uh, I believe that the uh, apostolic office is, is done and in the biblical sense. If they're going to redefine right. it in a modern sense, then this could be a problem because let's see what it is biblically because they're calling themselves an apostle, which is from a biblical context. So I want to see. I could talk to someone who's an apostle who claims to be an apostle and cross-examine them lovingly and patiently according to the word and test out what they're saying. And get more information from that. Now, when I've done my research on this, I have problems with it, let's just say. Now let's go to prophets. Mm -hmm. So, are there prophets today? Well, some say, yeah, there's prophets today. Well, the New Testament says that you can have someone who prophesies, and hence a prophet. And that's in 1 Corinthians 14. If you were to say that there's a someone who's called a prophet in the sense that they prophesy, okay... 
with reservations, I'm going to say, well, let's, I get it, let's see. Because the office of prophet like that, I certainly don't believe is, is here. Now, the Old Testament style prophets was proclaimed until John. That's Luke 16, 16, no more. Mm-hmm. So the New Testament kind of a prophet is different. They tended to be those who would offer prophecy in the proclamation of God's word. They seem to have the idea of exhortation as well as apostles did. And so if someone says that they or he or she even is an apostle, excuse me, is a prophet, I'm going to say, show me the scriptures that justifies you being called an, a, a prophet. Now, what I mean is show me a scripture that says you're a Christian. Well, there's verses that say if you trust in Christ, you're called Christians, you believe he's God in flesh, etc. Show me the, the biblical mm-hmm. position that you have for being called, for justifying the idea of being called a prophet. And I'm open to that discussion. Now, I've read books on this stuff. And some of the arguments that people can raise up are pretty smart, but they're not sufficient because people want there to be right. apostles and prophets today. All right, now let me digress just a little bit further. Now we have apostles and prophets walking around, particularly in the new apostolic reformation movement, where apostles are above prophets. They're the ones who have the final authority. And so if there's a prophet that comes to your town to give you information or what God wants this church or that church or these churches to do, it must be judged by the apostles. And so the apostles now Mm -hmm. are in the authority position. Now we have another problem. When you have an individual who's in authority over a church or churches because they claim to be an apostle or a prophet, well, there's a lot of room for abuse there. Now, I'm not saying they're all bad and they want to be abusive, but you can see it's like, oh, man, you know, why do we have to have these guys going going around? I'm an apostle so-and-so. I'm prophet so-and-so. What if I were to say in the radio, I'm apostle Matt Slick? That doesn't sound good. Apostle Slick doesn't sound good. Prophet Slick just doesn't sound good. But if I were to start saying something like that, well, does that mean I'm boasting? And that's another issue. This is just a big mess. And I don't see the necessity of this today. I don't see it scripturally being mandated. Now, if someone has a good mm-hmm. biblical argument, call up. I'm open to being corrected. But I, I just don't see it today. So, in those churches, I have problems with it. Furthermore, a lot of times, they are women. Apostles, you know, Janice, or whoever she is, or Prophet Janice, you know, Betty, or whatever. And, uh, well, the women are not to be in spiritual authority for men in the church. And if they're apostles and prophets, then by definition, they would be. So they're they're blowing it there. So you see, this is a, a big mess that that needs to be examined when we look at this. And that's just introductory information about it. How we look at it and weigh it is another issue. Now, hold on, we got a break, okay? Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Three open lines, 877-207-2276. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. At the bottom of the hour, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Jay, you still there? Yes. I gave you a lot of info, and I probably didn't answer your question, except to basically just say, no, not really, not not, not for today. Okay. Yeah, you did. Uh, you did great, man. Uh, um, that's exactly what I was thinking, and what I've um, pretty much the answers that I've got doing my own research. 
as well. Um, just wanted to hear your perspective as well. You gave me a whole lot yeah. of clarity on it, man. You know, you mentioned in the black community, and believe it or not, that's a concern I've had for many, many years, the black community mm-hmm. and the churches. And uh, and I've not yet made any real good connections therein. But one of the things I would love to do is to be able to go to uh, that community. And I love the worship. I love the uh, that style. I do. I just love it. I wish I could find one that was reformed around my area. I'd be there in a heartbeat. And I love that. However, there seems to be a lack of doctrinal strength. Now, Vody Bakum, man, that guy, he's awesome. And he's great. But I'm really interested mm-hmm. in this topic uh, in the in the uh, the black churches because I, I, I I'm, I'm really curious about it, and I know that uh, mm-hmm. the reform movement is increasing in there, and I hope it does. But I also know that, well, like a lot of churches, you know, like the NAR, there's a lot of wacko stuff that goes on too, as well. But uh, yeah, you know. Anyway, right? Yeah. So there you go. Hope that helps. Sure. Thank you. That helped a lot, man. Thank you so much. All right, brother. God bless. Okay. All right. God bless. Bye. You too. You too. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. we got nobody waiting right now. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 8772 uh, right. Let's see. What I'm going to do now, I'm hoping... I'm hoping to get some hate mail. So let's see. Hate mail. Uh, let's see. Here's some hate mail. Uh, this is recent. This is good. You are going away from the truth. May the Holy Spirit shine your mind. Devil is cheating you. The Bible says in the Gospel of John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill. That's it. That's the whole email. Now, what's the problem with this email? Well, they just accused me, but they didn't say how. They didn't say, well, what did I say? What is it I'm teaching that is so bad? Is of the devil. What church do you go to? Cite me something. You know, that's like me giving an email to somebody. You're stupid and wrong, so there, goodbye. It doesn't do any good. All right, so that's not a very good one. That's on the lower level. I had to give it, you know, a zero to one to ten. Okay, a one to ten. Ten is that's a good insult. That is really well done. And one being, yeah, I'd give this about a two or three. You know, maybe we get some votes from the people in the uh, in the chat room when I read uh, an insult and I read some hate mail. Maybe you guys could, you know, give me some numbers. That's what I want you to do. You know, one to ten, I wanted you to tell me if it's a good hate mail, okay? And you can, when I just read, give me what you think is the value from a one to ten. Ten being really good insult, okay? And one being, eh, not very good. I, I say this one's about a three. So what do you guys say in there, okay? All right. Let's see. Let's get another email. And I'll tell you what the numbers are when they, they start. Could take like 20 seconds. That was a two. We got some twos in there. All right. Here's another one. Here's another one. Um, is Bible God confused after becoming a man, Jesus? <laughs> oh, I love punctuation. Okay. 
What for one should believe Jesus of heaven is also a perishable object according to him in Matthew 24, 35? Is it not virtually a blasphemy of Bible Father? What is the use of going on to another perishable place called heaven like earth? Is Bible God confused after becoming a man Jesus? Think seriously. All right, now that's wacko mail. Okay, that wouldn't be hate mail. That's wacko mail because, uh, you know, I'd give that about a four. That's pretty good, four. That's, I'm a four on that one. What do you guys think? You know, give me some of the numbers in there. And uh, not very good, you know. And sometimes, you know, uh, you've got to be a professional like me. You know, you read some of these, these run-on sentences, you can hurt yourself unless you're a professional. Don't do this at home and read long run-on sentences because you can injure yourself. But I'm a professional. All right. A one due to grammar. That's right. Now, if we rate that for wacko mail, it's a 10. Well, that's, that's true. You can reverse one in there. We've got to figure that out. All right. All right. Let's get on the air with uh, Juan from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Juan, welcome. You're on the air. Hey. How's hey. it going? It's going. How are you doing? It's going. Friday Good. night. Friday Good time night, to yeah. speak about God and, and everything concerning God. That's right. So, hey, I Good have stuff. a question. What is your stance on the uh, gifts of the Spirit that are mentioned in, you know, the Bible First Corinthians and all 12, of that? Romans 12, 14. I believe in all of the gifts continued for today, all the charismatic gifts for today. I'm a continuationist. Okay. Okay. And the reason I ask is because you, you were just, you know, I, I just kind of tuned in when you were talking about, you know, the titles that are given especially in the black church, about apostles and, you know, prophets and all that. So what about the gift of being able to prophesize, you know, whether it be through dreams or whatever means that God, you know, gives us uh, through the Holy Spirit? I mean, uh, so yeah. if if somebody, I, I don't know the intricacies as, of, as to why, you know, the black church in particular, you know, like to use those titles, but if somebody has the gift of being able to prophesize, you know, I guess it would be okay to call them a prophet, right? I mean, they're prophesizing in the name, in the name of the Lord anyways, you know, being revealed yes. in some manner, but, uh, whatever, you know, they're getting revealed. But we have to be careful how we define things. Because a prophet in the Old Testament sense is not the same kind of a prophet, so to speak, in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So this is why definitions mm -hmm. are important. So if we were to go to, for example, let me hit, see if I can hit this right here. Look at my keys working. Oh, how come it didn't work? Oh, I got to add. There we go. So it says in First Corinthians fourteen one: Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does this or that, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Mm -hmm. All right. And he mm -hmm. says, you know, he goes, uh, he would that you'd prophesize greater. And so now this, the cessationists will say, well, this is no longer valid. It's an invalid area of scripture. We don't have to worry about it. It's not necessary. Mm, that's not well, uh, <laughs> and I don't agree with that. You know, it's, it's right. there and we I need agree with to, you. <laughs> yeah, right. But we don't want to be wackos about it. We don't want to, you know, order the chandeliers and let's say, okay, we've got the chandeliers. Now what we're going to do is, uh, is learn how to swing from them for our, our prophecy night. Right. We, we don't want to do that. Right, right. So, yeah. uh, well, that's I mean, my it's definition. Gift, it's revered, it's, it's give, you know, it's, 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 it, it goes into action in a particular way. You know, it's not like, uh, 
mm-hmm. like uh, something just like you mentioned, you know, let's buy a chandelier and swing off of it, and then, you know, we had a process size. I mean, it's, uh, it's unique. And, and, yes, uh, it is. And it happens in certain moments. Now, having said that, um, the other question I had, if it's okay to ask another question, sure, was, you know, I, I, you know, you were talking the other day about, you know, uh, the church and all that, and, and I thought about, you know, how many, it, that, that it, 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 it's very clear to me that, you know, in, in the majority of the churches, the, you know, the people that, that attend churches are lukewarm Christians. You know, they're not, you know, the, I have a burning fire inside for God and do all these things that Christians should do, you know, read the Bible, pray, you know, have a gift and, you know, and serve in the church right. and, and all these things. You know, some people just like to serve and they're okay with that. Let's say I'm an usher at church, for example, and I'm okay right. with that. You know, but why is it that the majority are lukewarm? I mean, I just don't get it. You know, is it a psychological, like a, an intellectual a thing I that think... they do? Like, well, I, I'll go to church because I know that, you know, I, I should kind of do this and God will be happy with me, but... You know, like that, that's the extent of that. You know, they don't, well, they don't evangelize. They don't do all these things that, you know, like. What, uh, so what's your question? Like I think that Christians should what's, be, right? What's your question there? What's your question? Well, I mean, you know, like, where, where does this come from? Is it, is it a thing about churches being, you know, having. So why are they, they so why are they lukewarm? Really why are so many lukewarm? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, exactly. well, let's, okay, why are so many Christians lukewarm? I, I don't know. Uh, I could do a survey and stuff like that and find out, but it seems to me that they're being taught mamby-pamby theology and they're too comfortable in the world. And they're not having to rely on God, so they do their duty of going to church. Mm-hmm. But as persecution comes, that'll change. And we got a break, so you want, if you want, hold on, okay? Hold on, buddy. We'll be right sure. back. Hey, folks, you want to give me a call? 877-207-2276. we be right back. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Juan, are you still there? Yes. All right. So, yeah, I believe in the charismatic gifts, but I don't believe that individuals have the gift of whatever, and they could just summon it on demand like the apostles did, okay? Mm-hmm, right, right, right. Okay. Well, those were my two basic questions for the night, for Friday right. night. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you, man. Well, Appreciate all right, you. Well, thanks a lot, man. God bless. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, let's get some more hate mail, and um, let's check this out. Let's check this out. Um, all right, here's some hate mail. To whom it may concern, this website, that's karm.org, my website, is downright libel in what is said about the Catholic faith, and I urge you to take it down or have a disclaimer that is not true, that it's not true, or you will be sued, period, for libel, and you will not win because the last 100 who posted this garbage lost as well, and so I urge you, 
whoever did this garbage to take it down because knowingly using false material is immoral and you lo- use lose loose in court for heretical offensive material and the facts that you withhold is cowardice offensive and heretical and this organization should be ashamed of itself have a nice day how about that for hate mail that's pretty good i'd do that about a seven that's pretty good because the quality of the run on i mean you can look at this you know is a hate mail is it denigrated because the grammar is not very good or do we want to have, you know, the kind of thing where you say, you know, it's a good hate mail. And in the hate mail and the lack of grammar just adds to its goodness. You know, so we've got to come up with a, a standard here. This is a problem now. We have to, you know, how do you judge hate mail? We have the different standards. Because that was pretty good, actually. I like that hate mail. But see what I meant earlier before the break? I said, I'm a professional. You see, I can do this. I can take a long breath and keep reading the run-on sentences and not black out. Okay, because, you know, it's a long run-on sentence. Maybe this concept of punctuation should be something that they could work on. No, I don't like punctuation. I just like the run-on sentence. I don't think that could, you know, whatever, I don't know. All right, let's try this one. Um, in this article on the Trinity, word Trinity is not in the Bible on Karm, you cite references up to... Okay, we're going to do this again. In this article, every scripture you cite references up to the number two and then to the number three. Okay, so he says references up two to three entities that you somehow believe is one God. Wow. Uh, Even the scriptures in John that says I and the Father are one is still referring to two beings. Wow, no, it's not. It does not say, I and the Father are one God, which if they were one God, when then stating so would be essential. Hmm. Uh, let's see, do this. Read the Gospel of John and mark every scripture that defines Christ's relationship with God. Oh, okay, I'll just do that because you said. A record by John of Christ's ministry certainly would have an accurate description of his relationship with Christ, with his Father, yes. He, he, Christ, describes himself as being the Son of God, doing the work of... Yeah, okay. After you've marked about 100 scriptures, you'll begin to realize the Nicene Creed is wrong, fabricated by politicians and scholars for political gain, and several thousand people were killed who would not buy into the Christian concept of God as revealed by the prophet Constantine. Yeah, right. That was getting to be difficult. You see, look, when you're a professional like me, not only... Not only do you have to read long run-on sentences, but you have to have your brain not get, you know, um, blurrified, stupidified in the failure of proper logic when you're reading this stuff. This is not easy to do. Good, good for you, though. I'm a professional. I can read hate mail, and I can survive it. There's something in my system that appreciates it. I like it. He goes on. Oh, well, if those who don't believe in the Trinity are not Christian, then I guess Christ, God, and all the apostles and prophets, P-R-O-F-I-T-S, who ever lived, would not be considered Christians either, so we are in good company, Mar- uh, Marvin says. Yeah. Okay, that was that was really good. That was, you know, that was okay. I want some... You guys got to rate these. Come on, here in, in Rumble. You got to rate them. What would you rate that one? Oh, man. All right. Uh, hey, look at this. This is uh, a call to all spiritual religious leaders worldwide for urgent action. 
This message is for all who consider themselves to be true servants of I Am, the All, Allah, Yahweh, the Great White Spirit, the Supreme Being, the Almighty, the Superconsciousness, God, Guardian of Divinity, as spiritual and religious leaders in their communities from all systems, sects, creeds, beliefs, and denominations, and from anywhere in the world. You know, I want to meet people like this who write this and believe this stuff. You know, I just want to see how they, you know, like they walk. They walk normally. Can they can they chew gum and think and talk at the same time and drive? I don't know. Okay. What's, what's, you know, what kind of... He goes on, all people who are yearning for true freedom with living in safety, prosperity, peace, and harmony under perfect divine law should peacefully stand up and be counted as a united front for the declaration of the year of jubilee of God the details of which are spelled out in the law of the basic instruction before leaving earth wow that is awesome that is awesome the year of jubilee of God there's a, there's a declaration of the year of jubilee of God the details of which are spelled out in the law of the basic instruction before leaving earth you got to give it you know i got to i got to uh, talk you know make give the voice thing for the the good title of that okay which Jubilee Declaration will take place at various places will take place at various places in the world on the 5th of November. Oh, this is old from 2012. The Jubilee year all debts have to be cancelled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. So much heresy. So little time. Let's go on another one. Let's see. Dear writer, I've read your articles on gay marriage harming society. I would like to inform you that our your point of view is disgusting. I generally don't pay an atten- any attention to rubbish like this and rarely waste my time with closed-minded people. Now, wait a minute. So I'm closed-minded because I analyze homosexuality, and yet he's open-minded, yet he's closed to my opinion. A little inconsistency. He goes on. It is, a, it is small-minded points of view. Now, what is a small mind? You see, a small mind, a mind is an abstract entity that exists within a brain. Unless you, you know, have died and you're going to be the Lord, then you're disembodied right now and you, you know. So, you know, what would a small mind, how, how big is a small mind? Is it like two centimeters across? I don't know. Small-minded points of view, like yours. I guess my mind is small. I wonder who's got big-minded views. Small-minded views like yours that make innocent people take their lives because you don't accept them for what they are. No, I'm not going to accept them for their their sin. I don't accept murderers as okay. It's small-minded people like you. And that's going to kill themselves because you don't approve of them. So look at this small-mindedness that this person's offering. You have to approve of what we think about stuff. Otherwise, people die from it. He goes on, shame on you. Uh, wake up and join the rest of the world in the 21st century. Oh, so what century it is is what determines truth. <sighs> this guy could not argue his way out of a white paper bag. Now, how about a Ziploc bag? Could someone op- get out of a Ziploc bag? It depends if it's Ziplocked or not. Anyway, I digress. He goes on. Heterosexual marriage is far from perfect and played with problems. That's correct. It is because there are people in it. Same-sex same sex marriage should be person's basic human right. Why? 
Why should it be a person's basic human right? Who says so? This guy's saying it? This is what I have to ask these guys. It's supposed to be a basic right. Who says? Well, we do. And you're the universal standard of basic rightness, right? Is that what it is? That's right. We know. Okay. Well, you know. If gays want to be just as miserable as conventional families, they should have the choice. They should? So this is a deontological issue here, the study of moral obligation. Okay? And so they should, right? They should be able to. So what justifies, what grounds the moral obligation that you should allow this? He says, we should be allowed to marry, split up, divorce, not divorce, but divorce, have kids. What? How can you have kids if you're homosexual marriage? How does that work? Little problem there. I can just see Bob and Frank. You want to have kids? Yeah, let's have kids. Okay, we got a problem. What's the problem? Well, you, it's kind of obvious. I don't know what you're talking about. You, you know, how's that going to work? I don't know. Uh, oh, you mean by adoption? He's got the word adopt in there. Oh, okay. So you admit then homosexual unions don't produce children. Ah, you have to adopt. You have to go to heterosexual um, unions for that. Mm. So that's interesting. Next time you see an orphan, take pride in knowing that you have denied them a loving, nurturing, and happy family by continuing to deny gays the rights that they are entitled to. I'm going to start crying here. This is so, oh, it just got me right there. Yeah, when you see an orphan, take pride that you're hurting them. How am I hurting an orphan? By saying that uh, they shouldn't be um, in a homosexual uh, family? Yeah, I, they shouldn't because it's sinful. It's against God. Yeah, these people who couldn't argue their way out of a, out of an open Ziploc bag. How about that one? Or how about a uh, let's see, argue their way out of what else could it be? An open box on its side. <laughs> but I'm getting stupid here. This is getting this is getting lame. But hey, that doesn't stop me before from being stupid. All right. Sincerely hoping Jesus still loves you, even if you don't love yourself or your gay neighbor. <laughs> Gee whiz. That's awesome. Even if you don't love yourself. <laughs> love is utter-centered. Love, God's love the world he gave his only begotten son, John three sixteen. Greater love has no man than this day lay his life down for his friend. Love by nature is other-centered. Even if you don't love yourself, I don't love myself. Oh, go, mm, I'm so wonderful. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> man, you know, the, the wisdom of the world is foolishness. Um, even if you don't love yourself or your gay neighbor, who says I don't love my gay neighbor? We have someone who comes over every now and then who is uh, going through transsexual stuff and has since, since stopped it. But we had him over. Sheesh. You know, you can come on over. We don't approve of, of that whole thing, but we love them. Man, these people don't know what they're doing. Man. Man, oh man, oh man. You know, I like hate mail, and I like wacko mail. It really thrills me. Maybe I should just do clips of me doing hate mail. Hey, wait, listen to this one. This is a good one. And then I can talk about it, you know. I wish I could find the Atomic Body Man. The, the, that's the classic of all time that I read like 10 years ago. I forgot even where, what year it was in. The Atomic Body Man, that was good. Oh, that was great wacko mail. But hey, guess what? We're out of time. The 
music's going to start any second now. And I hope you all have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And by his grace, we'll be back on the air on Monday. And you can give me a call then. If you've got questions or comments, you can email info at karma.org, or you can wait, and you can give me a call on Monday. By God's grace, Lord willing, hey, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.